Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot light with Honey Withrow underway. The Thursday edition has arrived. Glad you're with us. Live stream on YouTube. You can find us there. Search out Outkick. Hope to subscribe to the channel. Also uh, streaming at Outkick.com and beyond. Plus, if you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. Trey Wallace joins us. He is the uh, senior reporter for Outkick on all things college sports, college football, and more. And uh, Trey joins us in studio coming up in 20 minutes. Armando Salguero, also with Outkick, covers the NFL uh, and does it very well every Thursday. He joins us in hour number two. Plus, Jim Nagy of the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's the executive director and... He'll jump in with the latest on college football. We'll find out what, who he's scouting and who's really caught his eye or his scout's eyes uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. And Withrow brings his top 10 college football games of the weekend a bit later. Chad, good afternoon. Hunting college football is the gift that just keeps on giving. Every single day, something new. Whether it be uh, unknowingly recorded audio or <laughs> denials of allegations or non-denials, every single day we get a little bit of treasure from college football. Yes, so uh, we've, we'll get into more of Jim Harbaugh, which has led the show for, what, two weeks now, it feels like? Not yeah. that long, but it's been a while. Uh, and we now go to the vocal Lane Kiffin, and now audio of Lane Kiffin being vocal with one of his players uh, in the lawsuit that we dissected from uh, DeSanto Rollins, who filed a lawsuit against Lane Kiffin, and Ole Miss um, for $10 million seeking compensatory damages and $30 million for punitive damages against Kiffin for ignoring his mental health issues and, ex- and instead kicking him off the team and uh, not helping at the time who was a, a player for the Ole Miss Rebels uh, football program. Racial discrimination was a part of this lawsuit that he brought. And recently, Ole Miss and Kiffin filed a motion to dismiss said lawsuit. And this morning, front office sports and A.J. Perez, they obtained an audio recording, roughly 40 seconds long, where we will hear DeSanto Rollins and mainly Lane Kiffin in a back and forth about his claim that mental health is keeping him away from the team and it's not because he's sitting back silent for two weeks not communicating with the program if you would have come here when you kept getting messages the head coach wants to talk to you and you saying i'm not ready to talk to him i wasn't well what world do you live in i don't see why you gotta be disrespectful get out of here go go you're off the team you're done See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f***ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the f***ing 
called hiding behind and not showing up to work. Chad, hearing this uh, for the first time earlier today and hearing it right now, I don't think Kiffin's in the wrong here. And that's with me acknowledging that mental health plays a factor in what this lawsuit is about, but also the fact that at some point you have to communicate. You can tell that he hasn't done that with his head coach of the program, Rollins. And the fact that we are in an age right now where you keep a recorder or your phone or something in your pocket, record this, and the coach in a one-on-one -on -one setting, it seems, can't be honest with the player about why he's ghosted the program for two weeks and how he feels about it. And we're also in an era, Chad, where P.J. Fleck can't have discipline by exercise, which is also <laughs> something to point to. Um, I hear this and I think this is a player in a program that totally wouldn't pick up the phone and, or, or go to an office and tell someone and instead just says he wasn't ready to go to his coach and tell him why he wasn't going to show up anymore. Yes, you could be kicked off the team. But I also think if you have mental health issues, that program would also help you with that. I don't think he's getting kicked off for that. He's getting kicked off for not doing anything for two weeks and expecting them to roll out the, the red carpet and feel sorry for someone who can't communicate what's going on in the moment and instead records said discussion. And this is leaked to front office sports at AJ Perez, which is a, a, a great uh, report today. That is what, 24 hours after Ole Miss and Kiffin asked for a, a dismissal of the suit? They filed in court. This is, he's going to be crushed for this, Kiffin. But also, he's going to be crushed for it because it's just the, the groupthink mentality of hearing an F-bomb and what he says, the, the, what he feels like that reaction has been from the two weeks that, we've, or, that he missed, which is calling him, uh, you know, the, uh, basically saying DBAP. DBAP. Yeah, it's not the F word that's going to get him in trouble. It's the P word in today's society that people are going to be up in arms about, which I, I, I disagree with because I'm with you, Hutton. I, I think Lane Kiffin is well within his right to go after a guy that is under his charge, that's one of his players, that refuses to respond to a head coach for two weeks when the head coach is asking to speak with him. I, I, I have zero issues with any of this. Now, I'm sure Lane Kiffin and people at Ole Miss are going to listen to this audio and play it back and think, man, I went pretty hard. I, I maybe should have phrased some things a little bit differently. But the overall message is not out of line. And the overall messaging of what he's getting at is, is not a big problem here. Look, this is a byproduct of when we go too far with players' rights. And don't hear this and think I'm saying... Let's go back to the good old days where the coaches, you know, would give them salt tablets and deny water to players. And I need some more junction boys out there. I, I'm not with that. I think the players should have some autonomy over things like name, image, likeness, and the ability to at least make money off name, image, likeness. I'm good with all of those things, right? And I'm good with them having more freedom to transfer out and not have to pay a one-year penalty 
if they leave, if it's not working, if a coach is abusive to them or isn't giving them a fair shot or whatever it may be. But what we just heard in this video, and not, not what we heard in that, that, that audio clip, I should say, not what we heard there as much as a $40 million lawsuit from someone for violating their mental health rights is the clip I just heard, I probably heard 10 times in a high school locker room from coaches. I didn't bat an eye when I heard any of that, especially if you refuse to talk to your head coach for two weeks. There is a softening of society that's going on, and it's bled into sports. And for every writer and everyone who wants to say the Jay Billis is of the world, the, the players deserve to have every decision-making ability. They should do whatever they want, whenever they want. Take the power from the coaches and the administration. Give it all to the players. This is why you've got to be more sober-minded about these things because this is a symptom of that mindset, that a player is suing a school for $40 million for that because he was rightfully kicked off a team for not responding to his head coach for two weeks. To me, that's a problem. I got no big issue with this. I'm sure Lane Kiffin's going to play it back and someone's going to say, shouldn't have used that word, shouldn't have used this word, whatever. This is locker room stuff. Coaches talk this way. This is not some news bulletin for people who have ever been around sports at all. Hutton, I I hear this and I don't really bat an eye. And I think if anyone doesn't go talk to their head coach for two weeks, they're probably going to be met with the same attitude. Well, but but also he claimed in this suit that was filed in September that he was kicked off the team in March. But he is still technically on the team. He hasn't appeared in a game. Uh, last year, he appeared in two games as a redshirt sophomore. And he's still a member, technically, of the Ole Miss football program. But, I mean, if you're... Here's, here's the other thing to keep in mind, Chad, as I hear this. This is 42 seconds long, right? What has gone on between that recording... And it's, it, the recording's got to be longer than that. That's just the clip. It's got to be. Because it cuts off before, you know, you hear anything else about how the, the chat ended. Um, all he says is get out of here. But did he respond to anything? And how did the conversation start? Right? It just picks up in the middle of a conversation. I want to hear the, the details of the before and after, which we, I don't know if we will or not. If we do, it'll, front office sports will have it. And I also want to know what led up to this because... As a part of this suit, he's alleging racial discrimination on part of Kiffin and Ole Miss, discrimination on the basis of disability or perceived disability on the part of Kiffin and Ole Miss, sexual discrimination on the part of Ole Miss, intentional affliction of emotional distress on the part of Kiffin, and negligence and gross negligence on the part of Kiffin and Ole Miss. So Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss respond, and they say that Kiffin is not liable for the intentional infliction of emotional distress. And then they argued the, uh, the validity of said claims based on the fact that, I mean, if you say you have a problem and then you get, you know, you ghost and then you don't communicate and you come back and you get kicked off of, uh, of a team, how do, you, how, how do you take that if you're Kiffin or a number, another member of the football program, another coach, administrator, manager, whatever it might be. I don't know how you respond if you don't know what's going on based on the fact that he's just not showing up around the program in the offseason. Well, if look, if you can, we can only go how, with How is what, that intentional? We can only go with what we have, all right? If we, we, 
if we get new information, new audio clips, detailed stories about other things going on at Ole Miss, then we will reserve judgment for Lane Kiffin in the suit based on those stories. But uh, unless this player can produce the instances where a white player for Ole Miss decides to bail out on the program for two weeks and not explain it to anyone or not get back with the coach when he has to meet with them, and then they're welcome with open arms immediately back without being yelled at, without anything, without any reasoning, without any excuses, nothing. If he can point to that, then yeah, he's got a case that this is somehow racially motivated. There's racial discrimination. I don't understand the sexual discrimination part of it, but I'm sure that their lawyers are going to draft something. But I have a hard time believing that if a white player had done the exact same with Lane Kiffin, he wouldn't have been met with the exact same language and being told to GTFO when they right. couldn't speak for themselves on it. And now, if that's not the case, absolutely, then this player has a case with the lawsuit. But we haven't seen that yet. I guess we have to wait until they present their, their case. But this being the case right now, this is the info that we have to go on is this audio clip. I got no big issues with anything that Kiffin said or the way he handled it. I think 95% of coaches in major college sports, hell, 95% of coaches in high school sports, some middle school sports, may have handled the same way, maybe with slightly different language from a lot of coaches. Or worse. Bore, yeah, absolutely. Amen, Hutton. Some of them would have used worse language in this whole exchange. So it wasn't much of an exchange. It was more, there was less back and forth and more just forth from Lane Kiffin in that audio clip. Yeah. So I, I don't I, – I hear that and don't really bat an eye. And keep in mind, Ole Miss, in a statement released back in September in just response to this, whether or not they re- received a lawsuit, uh, uh, and they said they at the time they had not, based on reports, they say that uh, Rollins had continues to receive all of the resources and advantages that are afforded to a student-athlete at the university, and he was not removed from the football team. This was September. Chad, uh, in terms of language and... <laughs> I do love, though, that in the, in the audio, he's saying, you know, you're off the team. You're off the team. Get Go. out of here. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. But it was never officially removed. It's like when Dan Dockage tells us that Bobby Knight fired him multiple times, one time for calling a kid twice in one week and breaking an NCAA rule. He said, I was fired for three days and then allowed to come back. Chad, uh, we'll get into the, more of this uh, coming up throughout the show, but what do you make of Michigan's response to what be, could come down uh, the, the, the road today from the Big Ten and, uh, and, and what Tony Petiti could do in terms of discipline for Jim Harbaugh and his program versus what we're hearing from Purdue, Rutgers, and Ohio State Well, we're not, allegations. We're not hearing anything from Purdue right now, but keep in mind this is all media that's being spoon-fed stuff on the Michigan side of things where they're saying they have evidence. Again, that's key here. They presented evidence to the Big Ten – that both Ohio State and Rutgers conspired against Michigan to present Purdue with signs going into the Big Ten Championship. And I know we haven't heard officially from Purdue. I'm saying the fact that we haven't is different than what Michigan has done. Well, no, I'm going to read right now. This This is Ryan Day's response to those allegations, okay? He was asked directly about it. Quote, nobody here did any of that. We went through and made sure we asked all the questions and got our compliance people involved. None of that came back at all. I can answer very strongly that did not happen. I'm getting ready to play the 22nd ranked team in the, this is from Shiano, in the country at their place. They're 12 and 3, I think, in their last 15 games. They're 15 and 1 in the month of November. I'm very confident in the way we handle our business. I'm not going to get into 
into specifics that are not my issue. Less of a strong denial from Greg Schiano, very strong denial from Ryan Day. But the difference here in those two coaches and Michigan is Michigan's not denying a thing with Connor Stallions. It's not a single denial. The denial is coming from the university that's claiming that Jim Harbaugh had no knowledge of it. The denial is coming from Connor Stallions and his resignation saying, I didn't talk to anyone else about it. Not, to my knowledge, no one else knew about it. But for all of the dirt slinging that's going on from Michigan right now to try to CYA, I haven't heard them deny that Connor Stallions didn't do exactly what everybody has evidence of him doing, which is illegally off-site advanced scouting of opponents that is illegal. Stealing signs is, is not prohibited in the NCAA rulebook. What he did is. But I didn't think we were going to hear much from Ryan Day on this because, honestly, I, I thought it was probably true. But the fact he's so adamant it didn't happen, that's another strike against Michigan. And as long as they stay silent and they're the only ones not denying a thing, guess what everybody can assume? That that photo we saw of Connor Stallions on the sideline in Central Michigan gear was, in fact, Connor Stallions, even though Central Michigan won't admit it. How's that investigation going, by the way, Hutton? It's lengthy. Central Such Michigan is the NCAA. Trey Wallace, Fox College Football with us next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton with Throw Rolls on. Armando Salguero from Outkick will join us coming up in an hour from right now. NFL Week 10. Chad, uh, football season always flies by, especially college. Man, I was thinking November's here. just last night that those shows leading up to the first Thursday of college football season, Yeah, I was at the Tennessee-Virginia game right across the river here at Nissan Stadium, and that feels like a week and I a half ago. I was in Tuscaloosa, yeah, yeah. That happened. Yeah, I know. And here we are, three weeks left in the regular season and for college football. That's it. Three games left, Hutton. Three games for everyone. Crazy how fast it's gone. Yep. Trey Wallace joins us. He covers all things college football for Outkick.com, our senior reporter there. Trey, good to see you in the studio, man. It's good to be here. Uh, it's really depressing that we have three weeks left in the regular season. But, uh, I mean, we're here. I mean, it, I, I think we're going to have chaos over the, these three weeks, too. I do, too. I think, I think we're going to see multiple upsets. I think the CFP rankings are going to move around. I, I, 
the Michigan stuff, blah, blah, blah. The que- yeah, the question is, uh, are, is, is the chaos going to be on the field or off the field I mean, I, at this point? I mean, what have we seen? A lot of the season has been off the field stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the biggest, you know, who would have thought coming into the season that the biggest story of 2023 is most likely going to be some junior level analyst for the Michigan Wolverines. That's the wild part about this. It's not what's going on on the field and all this stuff. It's no, it's a guy refurbishing vacuums out of his house and also at the same time stealing signals and going covert. It's crazy. With Blake Corum on the LLC. Yeah. That was you weird. Know what I mean, that, for like, the, for, right? Like that? I mean, like he, I know th- that's Even also that. a felony. I'm pretty sure if he didn't really know about it, that's he's the, claiming he had no right. idea it was on there. To put someone on an LLC, I think, is a felony. Well, then Blake Corum came out and said, "Well, I found out at practice today." And it's like, okay. and he, he, like thank the media for alerting him. It's a, again, it, right? I, I'm with you, man. The whole story, just the, more than just a junior analyst or whatever, right? Yeah, and I think I think when we look back on it. Uh, so much pressure is being put on the Big Ten. Like, the Big Ten was going to be in the spotlight this year because the Big Ten was really good um, yes. from, from the top half. You go Ohio State, Penn State, you know, Michigan. Oh, Iowa's hanging around. I'm not saying they're good, but I'm saying that they're you know, potentially paying for a title game. So the Big Ten was always going to be a talking point this year. But, you know, nobody expected that talking point to be because of what's going on technically off the field. And, and so we're now we're sitting in a situation where it's like, okay, what do you do? And, and at this moment – you know, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petitri is, is sitting around and he is going over this with lawyers, trying to decide how we're going to punish the Wolverines. And uh, I think there's a couple different options on the table, and I think we find out soon. Um, in the interest of making sure that our buddy Tim Brando will come back on the show with us, I do <laughs> want to talk on-field stuff. Yes. And Timmy B., if you're watching, no, this is for you, buddy, because we're going we're gonna to get into on-field we'll stuff. We'll piss you off in about five minutes, um, though. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to kind of bleed one and the other, though. Sorry, Tim, on this one. <laughs> Trey, do you think anyone at Ole Miss is worried about this lawsuit and the audio with Lane Kiffin that we opened the show talking about? And this comes on the cusp of them playing an enormous game this Saturday on the field with a chance to be the first team to beat Georgia in, what, two and a half years down in Athens. Pretty interesting that it comes out two days before they go to Athens, uh, the audio does. Oh, it's about that timing in, oh, yeah. uh, in these aspects. There's a reason for that. Well, right. I think the timing is more about yesterday Well, with them trying to have this dismissed. Yeah, no, and, and I agree with you. I, I understand that. But th- still, you look at it the way things play out and, and how, audio, how, how stuff just appears, you know what I mean, makes the things interesting. But I do think if, if I'm Lane Kiffin – I, I, I go up to the, the press availability, if there is one today, it's a Thursday, so there might be one final one today. He's going to get asked about it. He's not going to be able to comment on it because it's an ongoing legal thing. But Lane Kiffin would really want to say, okay, so what? This is, this is what you hear in every single locker room. If people knew what Kevin Steele said to his Alabama players last weekend in that locker room, they would look at this, this, this Ole Miss situation and not blink an eye. So I, I think overall that we're, we're sitting here, and, and sometimes as a society, I don't want to say soft because that's not the right word. Because mental health is always, you know, we always have to look towards that. We always have to figure out what the right way is to go about it, and I completely understand it. But this, you had a kid that didn't show up for three weeks, man. Yep. And, and when you got the coaching staff trying to get in, in touch with him, when you have uh, 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 assistants, analysts trying to get in touch with him, and then he just shows up. He's at Lane Kiffin's office, and by the way, he's recording at the same time, so you know that he's going into the interview or, or, or conversation with Kiffin 
probably with some kind of intentions in mind of maybe do I try to get something out of Kiffin that helps me. Like, that's how I would look at it. If I was going into a meeting with somebody and I'm sitting there recording them, why am I recording them? Okay, because I need something out of this. So I, and you I, know it's going to be heated. Right, and you know it's going to be heated because he hasn't been around the program. And by the way, you know, a lot of people are asking, oh, well, well he's still involved in the program. Yes, Ole Miss kept his scholarship. They kept him on. He's just technically not really part of the football team. But they're still paying for his housing, paying for his meals, paying for tutors. All benefits are there. Everything. But the biggest thing is he's not on the football field. And, 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 and I get that the kid's aggravated and upset, and, and that's not lost on me. But for Lane Kiffin, whatever, not a big deal to me. The language, if people are listening to this and they're like, oh, my gosh, I am so offended by the language. Walk yourself into a locker room during a pregame or a halftime. Don't play sports or don't watch sports. Right, then. exactly. I, I mean, I, the, anybody who's actually offended by that language to me are probably people who either don't cover sports have never played, don't want to watch it, don't care about it. Those are the only people offended. Yeah, and it's – I mean, I'm, it's probably going on right now around well, college football. At, I mean, this, at this moment, somebody this is, is getting yelled at. It's nothing – I mean, they, I, don't, I don't think they can make the movie The Hangover right now. No. No. Which is why you're going to have the reaction to this. And if, right. if every locker room is going to sound like this, again – if I'm the Michigan fan, I'm using that because it's like, well, if we're saying everyone's doing it too, by the way. Right. I mean, against the Not perception fly. of what you're yeah, – Yes. So, uh, I, I, we, we, the three of us know the reaction to what this will be, right? Like the, yes. the reaction to the audio. Um, Outrage. No one's going to mention like, okay, what, what were the details leading up to that right. and the communication level where he, he's admitted he wasn't ready to speak to the coach about anything? Well, Again – it's a it, it, it's a deeper story than just a forty two second clip. Well, you guys brought it up earlier. It's like what happened. You know what what happened in the ten minutes before he, he started recording. What what else is on weeks, the tape? The two weeks before. Uh, two whatever. weeks. You never know. Kiffin could have sent him a darn text message and say, "Hey man, you doing okay? Everything all right? Love to see you in the office." So I'm just saying, there's more to this story. Don't jump to conclusions because of a forty second audio clip where he uses two curse languages. What do you make of the jump to conclusions about Caleb Williams post game this past week? crying in the stands with his mom. Uh, and then his nonchalant attitude and um, bored just demeanor. Said he wanted to cuddle up with his dog and watch Bored Netflix. demeanor, but he's also leaned up against a wall and then, like, leans down to then answer some uh, reporter's So you're talking, you're talking about yesterday? No, 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 no. I'm talking about this Saturday night. This yeah, okay. So, so, no, no, no. Okay, yesterday he had a press gathering, and but, he, but, but, he addressed this. But Saturday, we're going back Saturday. Just, just Saturday. Just the, the reaction think, to, to what was postgame for, for Caleb Williams. Overblown. Overblown to the point where it gives people something to talk about. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Caleb Williams and, oh, he was upset and he was crying. Man, the guy just lost a massive game. His championship aspirations are out the window. These kids are working their rear ends off all week, all season, all summer, and then they know, okay, it's over. We're not going to play for a title, you know? And then you want to go – and it's like Caleb Williams said this yesterday, and I agree with – Caleb Williams said he went up and wanted to give his mom a hug. And then all of a sudden, you know what, he felt the touch of his mom. He was in the moment with his mom, and he broke down. How many times have all of us sat around here and we've had a moment with our mother and we just break down? It's not like we wanted to on purpose, 
But something happens. The kid put everything on the line. He lost a football game. And the Fox cameras, I'm not blaming the Fox cameras because that's what your job is supposed to do, is to follow the star quarterback on the field. But for people to come out and attack him and, oh, well, you know what? The kid shouldn't be crying in the stands. And how is he going to be an NFL quarterback if he's crying? That's a farce. And that's people trying to take things to a different level and I, and I think it's a joke. I think it's if people are talking about him not being able to be an NFL quarterback because he goes into the stands and, he, and he's upset about something, I ask you, you know, in the situation, okay, well, what was the right move? Could he just go up and give his mom a hug and that would be it? But I'm sure people would be attacking him if he just went and hugged his mom in the stands too. So it's a no-win situation, and he addressed it perfectly yesterday uh, with the USC media. Uh, caught in the moment. How much do the reaction to postgame is about how we reacted to him with the fingernails? Yeah. With, uh, you know, uh, I don't concern myself. I'm a wolf. I don't concern myself with sheep. Talking about the Notre Dame fan. The LOL to Max Duggan tweet. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of that, the response to Saturday is based on his response and his actions prior to Saturday. I think it goes back to a year. Uh, I yeah, agree with you. Right. I, I, I it, we're we're in two different situations. But had that not happened, it, I, don't, I, don't I don't. I think th- it's a cumulative effect. Yeah, I don't, of yes. a lot of things. I think the reaction is way different. I think there's a lot of red flags. Winner. I mean, he, I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback, but I, I wouldn't want to draft him because it's a very, you look at everything with yeah. quarterback, and there's just some weird things. It's a peculiar deal with I, the fingernails right. and the f this with the uh, and then the the where, LOL you mentioned. Yeah, where we are. Uh, like, I have a bigger problem with the. I, I'm going to go snug, snuggle my dog and watch, watch Netflix. After yeah. a loss that I do with the thing with the mom, yeah. you know. And where we are, guys. Where Someone's going to draft him, clearly, because the, the right, talent. Right. But. The Heisman winner returns to go back-to-back, and that's not the storyline. That That is yeah. – that's very peculiar. And that should the be the storyline coming out of that game. But I, I don't disagree with anything you guys say. I actually agree with you. The fingernails, the the, the dog thing, the post-game, and all that type of stuff – I hey, agree with you 100%. Too, I, think, I think, Trey, his dad is a negative effect on him Yes, with some of the things he's told the media about maybe we'll come back to USC if the wrong team is going to draft us. Oh, we that, that's a mark against him, too, even if he didn't say it. It's perceived it's coming from him and his camp. Right. And that's one I hear and think, really, dude? I, just, I mean, I, who are you? You haven't right. taken a snap in the NFL yet, and you're going to now dictate. Now, it worked out for Eli Manning. I just think granted, two different but, settings. Settings. Yeah. You know what I mean? The post game yeah. press, the the post game hug, and then everything else that's happened before that and whatnot, and then everything else that happened with this press conference, you know, after the game with his dog and all that. I just think you have to separate the two. That's all I'm saying. The mom moment, we've all had them. The post game stuff, the guy was just down, is yep. what it is. And he's also um, in a program, Chad, that doesn't really embrace media coverage. Doesn't have a damn defense know? either. Well, right. I, look, I, you know, we, we talked. You mentioned the the S word uh, earlier of, of soft. That that's the mm-hmm. one word that I can use to describe Lincoln Riley's teams at, at USC right now. And that's yes. all of that kind of feeds into each other. I don't think it's just the one thing with him. It's a, it's a lot of that's different things, and it all kind of permeates from Lincoln Riley and, and that defense, not the offense of USC that hasn't been a problem. Um, Penn State, Michigan this week. Let's talk on the field, Trey. Yeah. Um, Penn State and James Franklin have a chance to sort of do the Lord's work here because everyone in the Big Ten and everyone nationally, they're going to be rooting for Penn State in this game. Do they have what it takes with a freshman at quarterback and Drew Aller to possibly get this done against 
a Michigan defense that has been outstanding all season. By the way, I think the CFP committee and uh, the Big Ten athletic director is also rooting for Penn State quietly <laughs> to end this. Um, I Look, I do. I think Drew Aller is a good enough quarterback. I think the Penn State defense is good enough to shut down, you know, what, what try to shut down what McCarthy and they're going to do, you know, with Corum at running back. Um, I, I think this is one of those gut check games for, for James Franklin. You know, it, it's always been about Franklin being able to, to win – Win the big game. Kind of like the same thing Lane's going into in Athens this weekend. So I feel like this is the opportunity where you just cause chaos. You cause controversy. And, 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 and on the field, time they're playing, where they're playing, I think that's massive. And, and, and Michigan's going into this thing with it's us against the world. It's okay. We're going to go in and we're going to win this and we're going to really stick it to the Big Ten and the CFP and whatnot and everybody that's doubting them. But I think also you look at the situation where they're playing and, and, and how Penn State has been playing. I think Drew Rowler's good enough to stretch the field uh, against Michigan, test that defense. I, I mean, I think Michigan's going to win the football game. That's just my, period, uh, my opinion. But I do think this is going to go to the fourth quarter. I think it's a final possession type of game where J.J. McCarthy pulls something out towards the end. But it, it would not surprise me if somehow – James Franklin and Penn State rose to the occasion and, and shocked the college football world. I also think, uh, and Trey, if you're cool with it, we're going to keep you on one yeah. more segment yeah. since, since you're in here today. Yeah. Hutton, I also think that the perception of James Franklin being a guy who's been good but not great at Penn State and can't get over the hump against yep. the best two teams in the conference, that rep gets exponentially better if he beats Michigan now. Why? This is the one people are always going to remember. We'll remember what Michigan is going through right now and what happened this year. Years from now, we'll say, oh, yeah, that's when the whole sign-stealing Connor Stallions thing was happening, and James Franklin at home kicked his ass in that game. He's going to get a lot of memories about this performance in this game. And here's the other one, too. It works both ways. They go out there and look as inept offensively as they did against Ohio State, against Michigan, and lose at home. People are going to remember that just as much so, as well. And, and not only remember that, if, if James Franklin beats Michigan, he's doing something Ryan Day can't do. And I, there's a bigger storyline there if the suspension happens after Penn State for Ryan Day. I want to jump into yeah. that next with Trey Wallace. Glad you're with us as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot my with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Trey Wallace from Outkick, senior reporter for college football for us, uh, in studio with us. Always great to have Trey here. Trey, thanks for hanging for another segment here with us. Yeah, um, no, I'd love to. So, um, and I'll, I'll get into what Rittenberg has put out about the what the Big Ten is weighing. Yeah, uh, yeah, Suspension are. or fine or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, but a scenario that I brought up right before the break, the... So, let's say he's suspended for two games, which would be the standard suspension of the violation, a violation of the uh, sportsmanship policy. Yeah. And it's not, maybe it's not this weekend. Who knows when this is announced, but it could be today. I know Chad has uh, nailed it so far with the timeline of this week. Yeah. Um, if it's two games, but it's not this week, that leads into the Ohio State matchup. <laughs> what would the pressure be like on Ryan Day, where he's got to beat Michigan? That's been the talk. He's calling out Lou Holtz uh, because he was, you want to see a physical team? You know, we're physical against Notre Dame, whatever. 
I thought, I said at the time, I think he's venting more about the pressure, hearing everything about being beat up, uh, beaten up at the line of scrimmage in the trenches against Michigan the last couple of years. If the, the pressure, number one, to beat Michigan, the country is going, vast majority of the football fans are going to want Ohio State to beat Michigan. Right. And if Harbaugh's not on the sideline, the pressure to just beat Michigan based on that, what would they be feeling on game day? I think it's it's one of those okay you congrats you beat him but you beat him with an interim coach I mean it's, it, you can't get over the hump you know what I mean you 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 can't beat Harbaugh right it, that would be the response it diminishes and if you lose it's worse I mean it doesn't take away from the talent on the field but you're not beating the coach that you're being paid to beat and 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 that's the biggest thing out of all of it Chad I mean I I, I don't know how you go on this one but I I feel like if they if they if they were to beat Michigan, but then come to find out, you know, heading into the game, like it also just takes away the spice of the game. It's not Ryan Day. It's not Harbaugh. It's Ryan Day versus Jesse Minner, the defensive coordinator. Or it's whoever. a made-for-TV event if he re- returns. That's right. and, and That's Tony exactly Petiti right. is a former TV executive. I keep coming back to this. Yeah. And I'm thinking best-case scenario to me would be two-game suspension that Michigan does not sue them over. They take it. <laughs> They beat Penn State. They beat Maryland. Now you've got undefeated Michigan prepping for undefeated Ohio State with the return of Jim Harbaugh on big noon kickoff on Fox. That is Tony Petiti's dream and the Big Ten's dream if that were to be the case. And you feel like you've done something to show some toughness against Michigan in this thing to appease the rest of the Big Ten. I don't know that any of that's going to happen. Uh, but that that would be something if it played out that way. That's like a that's like a WrestleMania buildup. Um, if it does play out like that, and you know Fox would absolutely love it. Um, and and then you would see you know you would see ESPN cash in as well, send game day, do all that good stuff as well. So I mean, I the way things are going right now with 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 Tony Petrie and the, the Big Ten, I I I think an injunction would stop all of that. But if Michigan were to just say. All right, man, whatever. Like, we'll agree to it. You know what I mean? Let's go ahead and get this over with. We'll take care of our next two opponents, and then we'll just go beat Ohio State. That's the perfect setup for it. Uh, briefly here, I, I think what has happened is while – and Adam Rittenberg put this out about an hour ago. Yeah. It, while the, the Big Ten is has considered a suspension for Jim Harbaugh, uh, they're also discussing a wide range of possibilities, which is uh, you, you could assume that based on their – a statement or the report rather that they were going to wait on Michigan to respond and then discuss how Michigan responded before they come down with the penalty immediately. Yeah. But they're also discussing just a significant fine um, and <laughs> public reprimands and fines have been handed down through the sportsmanship policy of the big 10 in the past. This though is more of what have we just waded into if Every time that we're gonna we're getting into sign stealing and what happened off, you know, we're doing the investigation b- before we're, the NCAA is is finishing theirs. I think it's more of just the realization that if we do this and we're harsh here, how harsh do we have to be that something that is well above sending Connor Stallions out on the road? And and if it's a fine, this looks awful for Petiti, the Big Ten. And the, 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 the committee and the directors and the coaches that wanted to hand down some significant deal, and Michigan's done nothing but say, go ahead and try to prove it, that our coach knew. You can't. I, I don't think, think Petiti is going to be on the job uh, 
probably for another year. Uh, and, and I mean that in whatever decision he makes here. Okay, let's just say he decides to 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 find Michigan. Oh, we're gonna find you, and we're gonna we're gonna hit you in the the checkbook. It's okay? a ten thousand dollar fine based on the rule Whatever. of the violation. Right. Of two. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate you, bro. Right. Like you know, I mean, you could come out and say, okay, thank you. Um, yes, okay. We believe Michigan broke rules, and we're punishing them under the sportsmanship policy. This is how we're doing it. But then you're going to have the folks that, and I'm talking about the Ryan Days, I'm talking about the Brett Bielemas, I'm right. talking about the Ryan, everybody else that has complained, and the ADs and presidents are like, wait, wait a minute, we just spent three weeks on this, and you were this close to making a decision about suspending? And look, I have talked to multiple people in the Big Ten, multiple people inside the NCAA, I talked to somebody at Michigan last night. Um, they are full-on expecting the suspension, and then they're right. going to turn around, they're going to file the injunction, and then the judge will overhear it, probably in Detroit, I would imagine, is where an injunction is filed, and then he would be able to coach for the rest of the season, and then, by the way, they would say, oh, forget about it, after the season's over. It dismissed or whatever. But right. they, they have to do something, even if the injunction is inevitable. At this point, I don't know why you do this and get you know waist high uh, with the NCAA, well, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. If you're I, just going to fine him ten grand, which yeah, is which I, is what's written in the policy. Well, the ten grand thing. Quickly on this, and we'll we'll kind of move on because Hutton's got a great question. I want him to ask. Um, the only reason that you do something is if it's thirteen against one. Yes. And you're very rarely going to have consensus on anything. Paying for players in a scandal. Well, it's never going to be everybody against one because everybody else is doing it or could get accused of doing it soon and they know it could come back on them. If everyone is adamant that this is so far above and beyond and we do not like this at all, then Tony Petiti has an opportunity. I don't think it's ever going to come about, or maybe not that often, where an entire conference is like, that team is doing that and only that team is doing that. And I'm willing to put my neck on the line and say they're doing it, we're not, no one else is. Now, lay the hammer on them. And that's kind of what the Big Ten is saying here. We'll see if they do anything. But, but to give the a way, comparison, he's, he's got to lay the hammer, though, because yeah. if he doesn't, it's just solely at the discretion of the commissioner, not the Big Ten's committee. The committee would – that's why I say you need to do something more than just the standard violation because you want the committee to approve what you've put forth in front of them. So – It's your fallback. First two games of next year for Michigan. Okay. Just as a hypothetical. Okay. If he said you're going to be suspended the first two games next year and not oh, interfere no, with this not, season. Not the no, second a big one. one, right? <laughs> Fresno State and Texas. Okay, Texas. Texas and Michigan. Fresno State's pretty good too, but still. Yeah. Uh, that's a tougher first two than the three. It's, it's Texas at game. Michigan? Yeah. Okay. I I think the biggest I, – look, if they're going to hammer – I just looked that up just as a hypothetical. If they're going to hammer Michigan, why not hammer them in the recruiting? Um, I, I, we, we see this all over the country um, in, in a lot of different schools. Hammer them in recruiting. Don't let them host some official visitors. Don't let them – whatever. Off-campus recruiting and whatnot. Uh, you're opening up a big can of worms uh, if you suspend him uh, for a number of games. You know Michigan's going to immediately uh, file an injunction on this, like we had previously said. And, 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 and talking with folks before I would even got here today, um, you know, they're, they're taking their time. Lawyers are taking their time with this in the Big Ten – um, Tony Petitri is taking his time and trying to just navigate around this because he knows either way he's going to agitate, and that's probably not the right strong word for this. He's already done that. He's going to agitate either the 13 teams or the one team. And by the way, the one team probably from a revenue standpoint 
is a lot bigger than the other like twelve teams besides Ohio State. So and, the, and it, those twelve are, are throwing in the revenue of the college football playoff and possibly having two in. Exactly, and that's and that's why this is such a big decision. Last night, this is all playing out like exactly how we thought it would. That the the that Michigan will respond. I talk, I spoke with Tom Mars last night. He responded, you know, with a letter, an eight-page letter to the Big Ten as well. He is Jim Harbaugh's yep. attorney. Um, he has represented multitudes of players. You've probably heard his name before. And now it sets up where now we're sitting around here and, and we're waiting on the Big Ten to just make a decision. And this decision could lead into tomorrow. It could lead into Saturday. It could lead into Monday. So um, perception-wise, yeah. I've, I've lost faith in buying into Penn State with James Franklin winning the big game. Yeah. Every like, last three years, I feel like this is, if not now, when? Yeah. That was my mantra going into the Ohio State matchup. Um, same can be said for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, where two years ago they're going to Tuscaloosa, they're unbeaten. And I made note the first time I'd been to Bryant Denny in that setting for an SEC game. And I made note it was like the fans were just showing up for church. You know, they were going to tithe. Yeah. They knew they were going to leave. Yeah. They're going to feel better about Take themselves. Take the blessing. And I'm like, this is, this is unbeaten Ole Miss. What, what's going on here? And they went in and boat raced them. Uh, Go in peace and serve the Lord at the end of the game. 21 the nothing, the, win. the snap, of a finger, snap of fingers. Uh, oh, this, this past year, you know, uh, this is the year to get Bama, right? No. Um, better, who would you bet on? Who do you have more faith in winning this weekend? James Franklin and Penn State over Michigan or Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss against Georgia? I, I, I've got a very easy answer here. To me, it's James Franklin only because he's at home. Uh, against against Michigan, I I I have no faith in Lane Kiffin going on the road and winning that huge game against a top five opponent. I mean, it's rare for a reason, even with some of the really great teams across college football. But uh, I I think James Franklin, I said it before, this is going to be a memorable outcome, good or bad for him. He can be the guy that did to go back to Hutton's church reference the Lord's work here and took care of Michigan on the field when everybody's angry with them, or he's the guy who's remembered for falling flat on his face at home against Michigan again, which he's done far too often. What do you think, Trey? And failing the college football world. (laughs) No, I mean, okay. Lane's got himself a quarterback that will go through hell and back uh, on first, second, third down. Uh, and, And I think that Jackson Dart is the type of player that can go in there, and I think if he gets hot... Trey Morris gets hot on the outside. Jukins gets hot running back. Like, this is the type of game that we look forward to, okay? When's the last time that we had a big game like this at Georgia at night? I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was probably the Notre Dame game yeah. a couple years ago. Big night game that we had. CBS was on it. They were broadcasting it. Like, this just feels like and, – and I saw Kiffin uh, speaking with somebody. It said he's not trying to put as much pressure on himself this week heading into this one. You know, this Kirby – Kiffin matchup, you know, it, it, it can go a long ways towards what Lane Kiffin is trying to cement his legacy in college football if he can pull this off. I understand you guys are talking about James Franklin and winning at home, but I also look at the offenses of both teams. I There's something about this game, and I'm not calling an upset. Don't take it like that. But there's something about this I think you game. Call the upset, well, I, there's something about this you're, damn you're game almost there. Go ahead, that call makes it. me Wrong feel like Lane Kiffin, in that, and his smug self sometimes, which I enjoy, by the way, and Ole Miss can go in there and outshine Georgia. We saw Missouri hang with Georgia last weekend with Brady Cook, Luther Button going in there, take care of business. I think Ole Miss is a better football team than Missouri. 
obviously, not a shot of Eli Drinkwitz. I just got this weird feeling, man, that Saturday night is going to bring out some craziness, and we've seen everything go uh, end up with it. We've seen everything go Georgia's way over the last two years, 21-game home winning streak, blah, 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 blah. Man, it's time for a little chaos in college football and for things to get a little crazy for Georgia. Uh, so the, the stats on Jackson Dart home versus away is yeah, staggering. I know. I know. Uh, and, and the other thing to watch is, so Ole Miss on the road this year in Tuscaloosa. Jumped out to what? It was 17-7. Yeah. Uh, they, they played well in the first half. Bama's been a second-half team. Georgia has been, too. And the question would be, can they? Can Ole Miss sustain whatever good play they have through two quarters? I just don't buy it. I, I, I think Penn State's defense, I'll buy into that. I like Chad's reference to just playing at home. You won't see the type but of play But Michigan calling. just boat races right. everyone. Right. You right. know? Um, I, I, I think it's more Kiffin. And it's just because Georgia, I, I, I just believe they're losing a game down the road here. And, and maybe Bama too. Maybe, maybe they lose to Bama in the SEC title. Yeah. I just don't think it's as simple as they're waltzing through because it hasn't been a waltz. They've had to struggle to get back into it. And to their credit, they have. Kiffin needs to hang on. I'll, I'll take Kiffin in the argument. Trey, thanks, buddy. Good seeing you, man. Absolutely, guys. Always a pleasure. Talk Deion Sanders in NFL next. 